Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Life is Short ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. About 10 years ago, my girlfriend at the time had an incredible collection of friends. I loved her, but I really also loved her friends. And one of them was a man by the name of Kent. Kent was a boyish, uh, almost cherubic-looking man who was very stylish. He was kind of like a Tennessee Williams heroine. And Mixed he, with the Cheshire Cat. Yes, yes, good addition. And he talked like this, and I'm not exaggerating. And at one point I had done several movies in a row, and I was in need of... Brag. <laughs> I was in need of... Uh, well, the point is that I I had to go also a brag, I guess. I had to go to, like, you know, premieres and stuff, and, um, and I... It's important to mention that he was a stylist. Yes. We haven't mentioned that yet. Have I not? No. Just I just that thought he's a of... friend of the uh, okay. woman you were dating. All right, I left out the key piece yes. of information. Sorry. Um, yes, and I was in need at the time of a stylist, uh, but I know d- nothing about fashion. So uh, who better to ask than Kent? He had picked out some clothes for me, and included in them was this tie-like thing, this accessory that I couldn't figure out. I said, "Well, Kent, what is this?" He said, "Oh, JL, it's an ascot." And I said, an ascot? That seems, is that in fashion? Is that like, and he said, not yet, but it's coming back. And so he convinced that. That was all it took. Um, I just trusted him implicitly, and I wore it, uh, and it never came back, the ascot. (laughs) The ascot, Kent was wrong. And now there's an era of photos of you wearing ascots on the red carpet. So many. And there's one of me, too. That's right, next to me. It it trickled off into my fashion. Were you wearing an ascot? Yeah, a gold one. So embarrassing. Anyway, thanks, Ken. Yeah. Oh, but he was the best. He is the best. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream. You're listening to Life is Short. I'm your host, Justin Long. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. And with me, as always, is at currently my ascotless brother. Who has his hands in his pants? <laughs> on my hips. Yeah, I know. Uh, your hands are cold. Yeah, uh, it's a little chilly in here. Thanks for sharing, though. It's, it's um, well, it'd be weird not to say that. I'm looking at you putting your hands down your pants. Uh, uh, when you say down your pants, they are lies. The, it's heading to the genital true. area. They're on the side. That's sides. very misleading. They're on your hips. Yes. Down your pants, just keeping warm against the body. Sorry, uh, it is a kind of um rainy, cold day here. In- it's a hand in the pants kind of day. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of hand in the pants, our guest today, uh, well, the, we're talking about Kent, this just lovely, you know how people say that word, use that word unicorn to describe somebody who's very unique? Oh, I and, thought you were going to say lovely. It's, it's, lovely. it's weird to it's, hear you use that word to describe <laughs> someone. Well, I've heard other people use it. I've seen other people but use it. But he is lovely. He, he's, You're not wrong. He's like a human, he's a unicorn, and he's he's got such uh, I remember people what, over. Sorry to interrupt. People yeah. overuse the term unicorn oh, these days. For, totally. I think it's appropriate, though. It applies he to He is Kent. a unicorn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember once my girlfriend caught him. I think we've actually talked about this. She caught him uh, in her, she had this big closet, this walk-in closet, and she would catch him trying on her gowns and mm-hmm. dresses and stuff. Oh, my God. You got me. You caught me. He had so many funny, like, catchphrases, and my favorite one was he would say, I'm just saying. And he would then go on to say the most, like, wise, 
funny, uh, just unique thing. You know, so he had such a way yeah, out. Why are we talking about well, Kent? Well, another similar type of person, similarly lovely and odd and funny and unique, quirky, what I don't know, you know, all these words can apply, is our guest today. He's an actor, but he's so much more than that. His name's Leslie Jordan. Leslie is somebody whom I, I think we both have been aware of for a long time as an actor. I would say nearly my entire life. Yeah, because he's start, ubiquitous. Yes, well, starting in the 80s, he, he's been on TV shows. He pops up on TV shows uh, all the time. It, it, it's you'd be hard pressed to to watch uh, to be a TV viewer and not know who he is. Yes, first it's when you see him because he has a very unique look. He's very short, as we'll talk about. I, th- I think he said he's four foot eleven, mm-hmm. uh, and he just has such a wonderful, gentle voice. This southern and a very thick southern accent. He's from Tennessee, so uh, he's just one of my favorite performers. And now he's one of my favorite people because I've gotten to know him a little bit. Uh, doing this interview, and I was I was so grateful for that. My friend, also friend of the show, Max Greenfield, texted me a couple weeks ago now, and he said, you got to follow Leslie Jordan on Instagram. And I immediately did, because I trust Max and his sense of humor, and uh, I've been, I'm so grateful that I did. Uh, it brought me so much joy during this quarantine. There's a great um, Malcolm Gladwell book called The Tipping Point. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's about trends and... And it talks about why things become popular, sort of explode into popularity. Right. It goes from like it's sort of obscurity to – and then there's a, a tipping point. And where then there's a explodes. waterfall of popularity, popularity or success yeah. in some way. Yeah. Uh, and this happened – Or a deluge as a deluge. I've been overusing Yes, you lately. have been using deluge a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this tipping point, I think, it's it's accurate to say – he it happened to our to Leslie Jordan in the last few yeah. weeks. It's a perfect example of that. Yeah, because right. he went from having, you know, a modest following, I'd say, on Instagram, a few hundred thousand people, to just in the last few weeks. Yeah. Now he has millions of Instagram followers. And it's it's, it's become such a trend. And to put it in perspective, I I've been doing Instagram for almost a year now, and I started with you know a couple hundred, whatever, and. I'm up to like 300,000, which is really exciting. <laughs> this is not a humble brag. I'm just uh, sure sounds perspective. Like <laughs> Leslie also started a year ago. He started with the same amount, a couple mm-hmm. hundred. Uh, and now keep in mind, I-, I did Instagram for the show. And so every week, as you know, if you follow me, I'll, I'll post somebody that uh, guest to the show. And sometimes they'll repost it. And that gives you more followers and stuff. But Leslie just kind of films himself. It's all just him. He just talks into the camera. And within a year, he is up to like three and a half million followers. But I would say more specifically, it's the last couple of weeks. It is. It's a quarantine thing. I would say the quarantine has produced two massive things. <laughs> Did you see that? No, you spilled. I all over the place. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That was a good point you were getting. I would say the quarantine has produced two two huge things. One, the Tiger King, which we've talked mm-hmm. about. And two, Leslie Jordan on <laughs> yeah. Instagram. But, um, he, he's, a, he's a phenomenon on, on Instagram. During you know, the quarantine, specifically. He, he's an insta-phenom. You know, I almost said, well, they're very different. But there, <laughs> there are in the Venn diagram of those two people. Yeah. There, there are a, a few similarities. Um, yeah, and there not, are. And I'm not just talking about the fact that they're both gay. They, they are both. There's a certain 
uh, eccentricity, of, a southern eccentricity, I would say, that they both possess. Not to alienate our southern listeners. No, no alienate. <laughs> no, embrace. Um, they're both fascinating characters. I, I would say, obviously, that Leslie is on the other end of the sp- benevolent spectrum. He is such a gentle, sweet soul. It, it If you don't know who he is or who we're talking about, it you should probably pause this mm-hmm, now and mm-hmm. go to his Instagram just for some context because yeah. it's it's hard to explain why he's so entertaining. You're right. Um, so good call. I think we should let the interview speak for itself. Yes, good call. And, we'll give you time now to pause it. Yes, and also just a little heads up. Um, this interview was done remotely because obviously we're all in quarantine and Leslie is in uh, Tennessee. Chattanooga. Chattanooga. He's near mom. He's near his mom. And we're in Connecticut. So Near our mom. Yeah. yeah. And we had some technical issues with the connection. And there were a few like glitches. Some glitches. There, like, as he's talking, it's a little like that a few so times. So if you were trying to figure the glitches out for the next interview mm-hmm. we do, um, but please bear with us. Yeah. Good. Uh, so... That's... It will hopefully will iron this problem out moving forward. Yes, but until then, here is a slightly glitchy but very entertaining, very funny and fascinating uh, Leslie Jordan. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Do 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 Dell TechFest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technology is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, You'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. Hello, hello again. Shaboom and the boom meet again. <laughs> it's so nice of you to do this. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you. Max Greenfield is a mutual friend of ours. He's the one that pointed. He said, "You gotta follow Leslie." Um, how do you How do you know Max? First of all, did you guys work together? We did the same episode of Will and Grace. He was co-starring as Deborah Messing's boss, and I was doing my little recurring thing as Beverly Leslie, um, right. Karen Walker's best friend. Anyway, we started talking, and it's the craziest thing because we just really hit it off. And then he invited me over for dinner one night, and I didn't know who his uh-huh. wife was. And his wife uh-huh. is Tess Sanchez Tess. Greenfield, who's head of casting for Fox. As I left to go to his house, they were cutting a deal for me for the cool kids, this series I was going to do for Fox. And my agent said, don't disappear. You know how we have to go back and forth. Where are you going to be? Uh-huh. I said, I'm going over to um, Max Greenfield's <laughs> house. He goes, his wife is who we're negotiating with. That's so, so funny. I in the door over there, and there was Charlie, whose last name I don't know. He's real big over at Fox and Tess, and they said, welcome to the Fox family. And that's how I knew I got the project. And was that from uh, your reoccurring role on Will and Grace? Did that have anything to do with you? No, they were casting this part. Uh, the character's name was Sid, 
and he was a 73-year-old straight Jewish man from Brooklyn. <laughs> Perfect. And you thought, that's me. <laughs> and Max said at 3 o'clock in the morning, now he tends to exaggerate like me, he makes up stories. Uh -huh. He said at 3 o'clock in the morning, he was looking at that script with his wife, and he said, you know who you should read for this? His name is Leslie Jordan Tested Well. And so they called um, Charlie, who was producing it, who produced, oh, I'm, my mind's going, you know, Charlie um, from, uh, um, oh, Charlie, Charlie from all the boys over there. Charlie He's Hooper? always studying Philadelphia. Charlie, Charlie Day. Charlie Day. So Max called Charlie Day at three o'clock in the morning. Charlie said, I don't know who that is. And Max said, <laughs> Just, he's the right one. And then Charlie told me later on that when I walked in, they saw the series. Because it was originally, oh, wow. the Cool Kids was going to originally be three guys, older guys who grew up in Brooklyn, and they're they're now the Cool Kids, and they rest home together. Oh, But then oh, they was, ended they were up also casting um, David Mull. Allen Greer and Martin Mull and Vicky Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leslie, that's interesting. Have you... Uh, it was such a different type. Had you done a role like that? I mean, when you first heard that it was a New York Jewish tough guy. Well, I walked you... in and I said, look, I'm going to put a different spin on this. I didn't try it all. <laughs> okay. 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 I didn't try it all. Many years ago, there's a wonderful director named Sam Weissman. He went on to direct yeah. the uh, Mighty Ducks. And he uh -huh. cast me in this part as Ralph Short, the shortest member of the FBI in the history of the FBI. And he just sat me uh -huh. down. He goes, now listen, you carry a certain kind of baggage that's not going to work. <laughs> and if you could articulate what that exactly means, what he meant by that, how would you say that? He meant butch it up. You're too yeah. gay. <laughs> butch it up. You're too goddamn. He said, that's not going to work with this character. So I butched it up, which was kind of hilarious. I can't remember what show that was on. And I said, did I pull it off? And these were my friends in Kansas. They said, no, the minute you walked on the screen, my friends that didn't even know you said, get a load of her. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well you know, I have a friend named Kent who is very, um, I mean, he makes you seem like John Wayne. He's, <laughs> he's very flammable. And, and whenever he would try to butch it up, it would come off... <laughs> He, he would do this kind of slow Southern thing. <laughs> it was the strangest thing. I had agents years ago. You know, people think, oh, well, what was it like in 82 for a yeah. gay actor? Well, you know what? It was very wink, wink. Come on. We, you would go out to the gay bars at night. You'd see every casting director in town. You'd see producers. Wow. But then during the day, my agents would call and say, listen, feet on the ground, wow. voice in the lower register, keep wow. your hands at your side. Maybe sit on your hands. <laughs> but it didn't work. Yeah. No, it didn't work. It never worked. Well, I want to hear what that, what would that sound like, Leslie? Because your voice is so unique <laughs> and identifiable. As, as... Well, like you said, it sort of comes off like a dumb redneck. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I try to do it. It's just not, oh, it's just so sad. But and that's I'm... what you would try to do per your agent's request. Because in 1982, I imagine there weren't, there, there certainly weren't gay gay roles in mainstream things. Uh, I talked about this with Mo Rocca the other day. They had, there were characters of the Nance. There were Nance characters. There were Zanies, they called them. 
Um, but w were those, how would they describe the roles that you would be going up for back then? We got Minty a lot. We got Mama's Boy oh, a lot. Yeah. He's kind of like a Mama's Boy. He's a huh. little flighty. He's a little this and that. And I would just go, is he gay or what? And, you right. know, then I just know. Come on. But it was very wake wink. You yeah. Know? Interesting. And and that's when you came to L.A., right, Leslie? In 1982, you moved from Chattanooga? I, I, listen, I got a degree from the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga uh -huh. <laughs> from the drama department where they set me down and they said, oh, Mr. Jordan, please, before you go to Hollywood, learn how to pronounce your degree because I was still saying theater. <laughs> I got a degree in theater. Look, and, Mom. and I got on a bus. My mother sewed $1,200 into my underpants. I'm not making this up. And I took a bus. The old bus station used to be one block below Hollywood and Vine. It was at uh, Day Long Prey uh -huh. and Vine. <laughs> and, it, and now it's the bus station. No, it's McDonald's. It was the bus station. It wasn't even... It was like trailways or something. I literally got off that bus with a suitcase. Wow. I've never heard it pronounced so beautifully. De Long Prey. De Long Prey. We say De Long Prey. <laughs> De Long Prey. Wait, Leslie, how did she sew the $1,200 into your underwear? I'm guessing it she wasn't in quarters. She pinned it. You know, I'm, I'm making up sewing it. She pinned it right there so uh, that I would have it. You know, people don't understand in 82, if you needed cash, you had to have cash. We'd have yeah. ATM machines, really. You don't understand. On Friday, you went to the bank. Yeah. And you withdrew your cash for the weekend. Yeah. You know, you could sometimes write a check to the grocery store, you know, if you That's really, right. really needed to drink that night. Right. You know? Like in the Big it Lebowski. Was was your mom, Leslie, was she nervous? Was she supportive of you going? Because that sounds from Chattanooga. She, I found a letter not too long ago. I got here on Valentine's Day. Mm. And I have twin sisters. They're 22 months younger than me. My mother wrote the sweetest letter. She said, if things don't work out, you can just know you can always come home to a standing ovation. Oh, wow. That's really sweet. So they're so supportive. Uh, you had, wait, I'm so, there listen, right you, now. I'm in Tennessee right now. That's I'm right. hunkered down. My mother's 85 and, and I was here for like business. And I thought, you know what? This is going to, something's going to happen here and we're going to have to stay and I'm going to stay here. Wow. So I rented a, this beautiful little condo here that I'm in. It's about 10 minutes from my mother's because it's oh. a dog and pony show over there. In what sense? Well, there's just a lot of drama. I don't know. There's a lot going on. I can't explain it. Yesterday, there's seven cats. Oreo got a, a, a <laughs> my sister said, she's straining. She's straining to pee. I said, no, she's not. She's trying to poo. My sister said, no, she's trying to pee. She's straining. We took her to the bed. <laughs> On a Sunday during the lockdown. Oh, God. <laughs> now I've got to go over there today and find out because it's my credit card. But <laughs> my sister's real good at, oh, it was no big deal. It's just some blood work. You know, it's a grand. It's a yeah. grand. I know it's a grand. <laughs> yes. So it's like, Oreo. Sorry, Oreo. I don't know if it's just worth it. Strain to pee. I can't, you know. Yeah, aren't we, we all? all? To pee. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nice, Leslie. You're able to be close to your. You must be nervous about your your mom. I mean, she's 85. I'm I'm nervous about my own parents. I am, but she is so. Uh, she's such a stay at home gal. Oh, good. Uh, uh, she doesn't go. Uh, I've never met my mother's the baby of about seven children, and the baby. I don't know what that's about. But my mother, she has such a wonderful ability to entertain herself oh, for that. hours. 
Well, that's really coming in handy now. She does puzzles. She does this, and then it's time for this. And it's very, you know, all day long. You don't have to worry about her. Well, Leslie, not knowing you very well, but you strike me as somebody who got that from your mom. You seem like you're very good at entertaining yourself. And in, in turn, it's entertaining the country. <laughs> Does that come naturally to you? Do you... Are you always kind of making up little things in your head? I've always been like pants, yeah. skits, and baton twirling. Yeah. This and that. I didn't know about inter, uh, in Instagram till yeah. when I was on that show with Max That's Greenfield's cool wife. In fact, it was all of her publicity girls and all her casting girls that would say to me, post it. And I'd go, what? Post it. What you just <laughs> said, post it. Uh -huh. And I said, I don't know. So they set me down. They said, you're not on Instagram? I said, no, this is not even a year ago. Wow. So I went on Instagram and I got about 20,000 followers. And I thought, and they go, that's nothing. Keep at it. I said, no, 20,000. <laughs> yeah. And then I, Megan Mullally reposted something of mine from Willie Grace. Bam. Uh -huh. I said, 80,000 followers. And it was like that till about two weeks ago. And I don't know what happened. Yeah, what was I, it? I don't know what happened. Well, because I, around the time I started, it was Max told me to look you up and to, to follow you on it. And, and so I did. And I think you had a couple, you had like eight or 900,000 followers. And and uh, as soon as I started watching your videos, I understood why. There was something so, there was obviously so funny. and But but the stories you tell are, are so compelling. And there's something comforting about, about it. But then a week later, I looked and God, it was up to two, three million and it happened point, like in a week. Three point five, right? Now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Leslie, how does how how does that feel? Does it feel like? Do you feel like pressure now? Oh, like these things have to be a certain I quality. Tried not to at all. We've I've been approached. Like I learned a new word. How would I not know the word monetize? <laughs> monetize. I've never heard that word. It's more. It's we, a kind of a butch word. You know, I just start calling it monetize. I'm doing this for fun. I'm doing this yeah. for free. The day the lockdown ends, I'm going <laughs> For those of you listening, Leslie just held up his two fingers and gave the, uh, the symbol Forget for... Forget about for fun and for free. Uh, well, good for you. It's it's so fun to follow. You also have a lot of, um, of well-known people follow you, and I'm wondering if you even know a lot of these people. Like, like Drew Barrymore follows you. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. I, I noticed that Drew follows you and adores you. And I texted her about you, and she said, she gave me all these great questions to ask you. <laughs> yeah. So if you wouldn't mind, these are from Drew. I have to give her credit because they're such good questions. Um, first, she says, I love that he's encouraging journaling right now. Uh, this is a wild time that people can look back on and reflect. Have you always journaled? From the time I was 17. And really? I, journal, I, I not only journal, I draw pictures. I, I order stickers from this I company saw that. called Violet. Yes, the I'm stickers. Dead. Yeah. I'm a high school cheerleader stuck in a 65-year-old male body. I, just, <laughs> I became obsessed with that when I was 17, but I also figured out that it, when you put pen to paper, because, see, I mm. write in longhand, it slows mm -hmm. your mind down to the speed of a pen, and you get oh. clarity. So back in the days when, you know, there were – Boys, I had crushers on us, and I'd write, "Oh dear diary, I love him." Uh -huh. And then you'd read. I go back and read. Who was that? I can't remember. Isn't that funny? It seems like a different person, doesn't it? This is a, a good follow-up. Was there any other time in his life that he he journaled that he's really proud of because he cried 
And if so, what was that moment, uh, a moment that you look back on and cry reflecting on it? Probably the day I'm sober 22 years, completely clean and sober 22 years. Wow. And there was an unfortunate incarceration. <laughs> I want to get to that. Yeah. I had I been pulled over <laughs> so many times for dry, drinking and driving, which is just such a big no-no. And um, I'm very charming. So, you know, sometimes they'd let me go. There was a wonderful lady at the um, Hollywood uh, lockup. The, the, I'd walk in and she'd go, baby, baby, baby. She said, you got to put the plug in the jug. I said, I know. I'm going to. I'm gonna get, I promise I'm going to be better. I promise. There was a day, though, that I knew the jig was up. Yeah, you put the p plug in the jug. I, they they had me, and my agent was so upset with me because I was on a TV show called um, "It Was Mario Lopez in Little Bicycle Shorts Pedaling All Around Venice." <laughs> Do you remember? No, but I, now I want to watch it. Bicycle Cops. What was the <laughs> name of it? Uh, it wasn't and I was Baywatch. Drunk, I was a drunk in the alley who was crazy, but they would come to me to ask me about what was going on. And I would talk nonsense and then I would hit one. They'd go, whoa, 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 back up. What, back up. The, anyway. So you'd have to deliver exposition. I was on that TV show and mm. uh, I was in the pokey and I called, uh, I said, uh, my for the first time my agent said, uh, no, I, I can't oh. come get you. Wow, wow. And I thought, what? Well, I've got to do number two in there. <laughs> no, it's in front of everybody. Oh, that's right. Cause there's only one. And I can't do it. I've held it for eight hours. And you've got to uh, get me. Uh, I, I'd never be able to do that. There's no and, paper. And, and, this is a no <laughs> and this is number two after a night of drinking. <laughs> yes. Yikes. <laughs> so he didn't come get me, but his, um, Billy Miller, who handled me for years and years and years. I'm not with him now, but he came and got me out. Wow. And he said, I, he, I was just chattering away and he pulled over to the side of the road in his little silver Miata. I'll never forget this. He said, will you at least allow me my anger? I thought, well, what crawled up his ass? I didn't get it. But I, to answer the question, I went home and I started journaling. I thought, you know what? The jig's up. Yeah. The jig yeah. is up. Wow. In in fact, you so how how long did that last? That period of your life, Leslie, where you were drinking and working, and it was and you were struggling with that. It was. Um, I did twelve days for my unfortunate incarceration, uh -huh. and then they came upstairs I, and said, "We're going to let you go. We've got a Robert Downey Jr. We got nowhere to put him." And that's I right. Said, I read that you shared a cell with him, or or, or he, well, actually, I gave him my bed. He was there for a little while. Uh -huh. But I ran into him in Alley McBeal. He he didn't remember me in the cell with him. Wow. So, but he remembered a letter I wrote. I wrote him a, a real sweet letter oh, after wow. that because there was a kid that was on our our uh, um, cell block that had HIV, and they were mean to him. This is back in the day. They said, don't eat with him. Don't sit down with him. He's got AIDS. Don't sit down. And I would sit with him. Wow. And he'd get tears in his eyes. He'd say, you don't have to do this. I said, oh, yes, I do. And uh -huh. so when I got out, I wrote a letter. I was the only one privy to Robert's current address, which was, you know, 152 Pod A, cell 13, top bunk. 
So I can't believe you I remember just that. R. Downey Jr. And you could get anybody's booking number. I don't care how famous they are. You can call wow. and get their booking number. And I got his booking number and sent that letter. And then four years later, I was on Allie McBeal. And he kept looking over at me. And I'm, I'm looking at him like this. Zip it. Because I didn't want well, him yeah. in front of all those, you know, yeah. Portia de Rossi and, and Calista Flock. Everybody was on that show. Yeah. Lucy Lou. And I didn't want him talking about me being in jail. So I kept telling him, zip it. Zip it. But he yeah. came over and said, what did we Why do you keep together? saying zip it to me? <laughs> did we get out together? I said, no, 152, Paul Day, cell 13, top. He goes, oh. you wrote me that letter. So, wow. Wow, he remembered. Wow. He remembered. And I said, were you able to help him? He goes, they moved him. But he said, I did carry that letter my entire incarceration. Wow, Leslie, that's amazing. You you must have known. I mean, that period of time must have been, be, I've heard from friends who went through that, who came of age during the 80s, uh, gay friends of mine who said they just, the losses they suffered were, you know, unimaginable. I, I imagine similar. Well, you know, it's so, my first thought when this happened, the yeah. current pandemic, I thought I've been through this before. Right. But let me tell you the good news. We came through after the AIDS epidemic, we came through that. And because we weren't getting a lot of help from the government, we couldn't get anyone to pay attention. We took care of our own. Mm -hmm. And so during that period, um, I mean, AIDS Project Los Angeles, where you can go now and get dental work, you can go as, as you can get anything done over there. You can go see the psychiatrist, you can do anything. Over there. We mm -hmm. have Project Angel Food that will take you. We took care of our own. Hmm. And I was thinking, you know what? Now, the world as a community, it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, black, white, Asian, yeah. Latin. We're, you're, it, we're going through this yeah. as a community. Yeah. And I think we're going to come out the other end. We're going to come out kinder. And I think that we're going to come out more willing to help one another. Mm. Something mm. wonderful is going to come through this. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pop in and uh, say hello from this beautiful resort right on the beach. <laughs> I'm actually here in the recording studio, Christian's, it's Christian's studio. Busted! I feel like I kind of am. I'm getting a little taste of the tropics because I've been enjoying Tropical Smoothie Cafe's new chia oatmeal pudding bowl. Ooh, what's that one like? Well, I love chia seeds. I know they're really good for digestion. I think there's protein in there. So I, I want to find ways to, to eat more of them. Um, and, but this one also combines coconut milk, which I love, nice, creamy, healthy without the, uh, the dairy, and steel-cut oats, which um, also healthy, topped with um, chobani. You get some more protein with the Greek yogurt, some fresh blueberries, sliced banana, granola, more chia seeds and and honey. Ooh, so I, I a little bit of sweet. It's good. I, I'd like to try that one. I, I've had the acai bowl, which is very delicious. It's Ooh. it's acai base. I see. Um, fresh strawberries, blueberries, sliced banana, some coconut, granola, Ooh. chia seeds. So get on Tropic Time now as you savor a new Tropic Bowl from your local Tropical Smoothie Cafe. If you're a fan of breathtaking, shocking, and sometimes sinister tales, then check out Audible's new collection of exclusive thrillers. 
It features captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. So you feel like you're in the story. One title that's next on my list is called Trapdoor by J.P. Pomer. Uh, it's about five strangers. You know I love stories about strangers who get held hostage in a cellar that's filling with water. water. And the whole thing's being live streamed by a camera high above reach. Shorties, listen along with me. As an Audible member, you can get one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash long or text long to 500-500. That's audible.com slash long or text long to 500-500. Hello, hello again. Shaboom and up we'll meet again. She had another really good question. She says, the way he sees the world from his height, what is he seeing that others are missing? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder that myself. You Were you always uh, short, Leslie? Were you always, as a kid, were you tiny? I was real tiny. I was, you know, what happened was, because I've, I've made up, not really made up, but I'll tell people, oh, I was teased and this and that. It, I was a very popular kid. You know, because I was funny and I yes. learned to be funny to keep the bullies at bay. So when people say, what do you mean you were teased? There, you you have this secret and you also think any moment the axe is going to fall. So you're just tap dancing. You know? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you're going as fast as you're you like can. You're like a rodeo clown. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're going. And then, you know, there's Look times over here. where... Even as an adult, I figured this out. If I'm with you and I don't want you in, I'll start, you know, tap dancing, making mm. you laugh and this and that. And then I have to say uh. to myself, okay, you know, you're enough. You're enough. Uh, you're enough, uh. Leslie. You don't have to, you know, it's been, I, I tell you, at 65, and a lot of it has to do with uh, years of sobriety because you yeah, go to those rooms, those recovery rooms, yeah. and you, you, um, you tell stories. One of my spiritual advisors said to me, you know what your biggest fear in life is, Leslie? Straight men. I said, uh, well, no shit. You know, it wasn't exactly a picnic on the playground. He said, I yeah. want you to join an all-male recovery group. And I said, huh. in West Hollywood? And he goes, no, not in West Hollywood. <laughs> you have no fear of those men. And I walked into this room with all straight guys. And I'm talking, Yeah. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, bud. Hey, bud. Yeah. Have a seat. Yeah. So I sat there and I thought, you know what? It's now or never. And he, they said to me, does our new guy want to share? And pointed to me from walking from my seat. I must have looked like, like you said, John Wine. Uh. <laughs> and then I took a deep breath and I said, I'm scared to death. I'm scared of you guys. Wow. I'm scared you're going to laugh at me. I'm scared you're going to make fun of me behind my back. And I'm really, wow. really, really afraid. Yeah. that you're not going to accept me. Huh. I cannot tell you. I had this idea that straight men don't have fear. Oh, well, straight men don't. Oh. What are you afraid of? And I'd hear them share about their fear of women. I think, oh, please. What do you mean <laughs> fear of women? Well, yeah. just to, you know, they're, and, uh, but I, I learned that night that everybody, everybody has fears. Huh. Everybody huh. has. So, uh, but, but Leslie, it made I'm not sense. scared of you, Justin, at all. Oh. Oh, good. Well, I'm a little scared of you. Uh, no, I, likewise, Leslie, I, I, I feel the opposite of scared of you. What would that be? 
Um, I feel such a, a, a affection for you, um, and and I and part of it is because I've seen seen you for so much of my life and things, and every time I do see you on screen. You always play characters that make me happy. You you have such a a, a light on on camera. But, well, that's very sweet. Thank you. But I I imagine when you were a kid uh, in Chattanooga, it makes sense that you would be afraid of straight people because you know you're walking around with this secret and I, I don't think kids certainly gay people now have an appreciation for how difficult it must have been. Uh, what, what were the consequences of it, if that secret were to come out when you were a kid? What would have happened to you? You know, you couldn't even voice it back then. This was the mm -hmm. 60s, the early 70s. I remember the first time, the only two people that I could see on television were, I saw Truman Capote one time. Mm. Come on, Johnny Carson. And he was so openly effete and so assured of himself I went in the bathroom and threw up. Oh, why? why? I don't know. I saw that and I thought, is that it? Because there was huh. something, even though he was so brave, to yeah. be, there was something shameful about it. Something oh, deeply shameful. And then of course you had on the middle of the, of the uh, Hollywood squares. Paul um, Lind. <laughs> Wait, I mean, <laughs> Charles Nelson Reilly. And I, oh. I, I recognized gay humor, but I didn't know what it was. They would say, Paul, um, what did the Lone Ranger call his sidekick? And, you know, he'd go, beloved. And I would just scream. <laughs> I would scream. But I knew when, when I saw Truman Capote, I, I went to the Chattanooga Public Library and I checked out every one of his books. And if you read early Truman Capote, it's very wink, wink. It's there. Uh, huh. About the it's, effeminate it, kid that doesn't It's coded. Him. And I read, I hung on to that. And then I started reading Tennessee Williams. I knew he mm. was gay too. And I read right. his plays. And I knew what Skipper and Brick were doing. I knew yeah. those veiled inferences. I knew what was up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy, did I know. And that connected me. You know, at least gay kids today have the internet. There are oh millions God. of ways in which they can gain support. I thought I was the only one. I really did. Wow. Of course, my struggle was more uh, religious also. I was in a oh, very religious you were, family. You were Southern Baptist, right? Yeah. I've been baptized and 14 times. <laughs> why, why so many times? Because it never did take. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would get baptized at revivals. I'd get baptized at church camps, anywhere they wanted. When oh, they'd say, when the lost sinner come forward, I'd think, Oh, <laughs> better try this again. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Leslie, I'm sure a lot of that rhetoric, that rhetoric must have been very scary. That fire and brimstone yeah. uh, is specifically about gay people back then. They never overtly talk <clears throat> in my church, uh -huh. you know, like that, like, like gay people or if a man lays with a man, la, la, la. Yeah. But you just knew. I don't uh, know. I just knew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh -huh. it, well, I'll be a goner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and did it help, do you think, the kids maybe not picking on you? I know your humor must have helped, but – and I wonder this about myself, <clears throat> excuse me, because I was so small. I was so tiny. I think that made me much less threatening to the other yeah. guys. Do you, I wonder if that helped with you at all. It did, and, 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 um, but I was never 
once do I remember, I think if I had been straight and wanted to date girls, it would have uh -huh. made a difference. But I don't remember ever thinking, oh, I wish I, and I mean, I'm tiny. I'm like 4'11". I'm tiny, tiny, you know. Wow. You're 4'11 um, now? Huh? 4'11". Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. I'm little bitty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm real fat right now, but I think everybody is. Everyone I'm is. like a yeah. bait spot with arms. I don't know what <laughs> I'll roll out of this. <laughs> yeah, I think you're allowed it during a pandemic. Those are the those are the rules. You're allowed to gain some weight during a pandemic. Uh, but but you think if you had been attracted to girls, it wouldn't have um, you, you wouldn't have been you weren't competition for other guys with other guys. You weren't competing. Yeah, I I've always thought because girl women just love me. I they they uh -huh. sent me a breakdown of my Instagram. Uh -huh. I don't know where they got that or why. It's important. Uh -huh. My followers are like about 80 or 90% women. Oh, really? Oh, and, and you. And me, yeah. Me and Max Greenfield. 3.5 million female followers and Justin Long. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Uh, Drew, also speaking of some of your female followers, also um, wants to know when he was a child, uh, who when he was a child encouraged him? I'd let him know that to be funny in life was going to be a crucial thing. That's kind of what we're talking about. When did you discover that uh, humor was going to be crucial to your survival? Was that on the playground? I was always the teacher's pet. I used to go home with my first grade teacher, spend the night. Isn't that weird? I asked no my mother kidding. about it. She said, yeah, you, she'd pack a little. I said, but would I just go to her house? She goes, oh, yeah, she'd take you home. She just... <laughs> She'd take you home and you spend the night because you left her somewhere. Oh, my. But anyway, oh I, the first time, there was a wonderful acting coach in Hollywood when I first got here. She's long past. Her name was Carolyn Berry. She's the first one because I came in there with a mustache. I looked like Ron Jeremy. Uh -huh. <laughs> these, boots, um, <laughs> these big cowboy boots. And um, she pulled me aside one day and she said, will you, will you listen to me? Um, uh -huh. you're so funny and you're so endearing when you're being yourself uh, and you, you're not pulling it off, honey. You're really, uh -huh. <laughs> and there's a way in which you can learn just to be yourself in front of the camera. And, um, it took a long time, you know, Yeah, it really yeah, did. It took a long time. When I got sober, uh, the first thought was my friend said to me, and you're not supposed to say these words, but he said, you're a fag hating fag. Ah, uh huh. He goes, you, and I said, no, no, no. I, I don't hate gay men. Come on, I'm the gayest of all, but I don't particularly care for effeminate gay men. He goes, hello, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd forgotten I was a sissy during all those years of drinking and drugging. <laughs> that, <laughs> and so my journey into sobriety has been a journey into my queerdom, into just. I can tell you, I'm 65 years old. I'm perfectly comfortable with who I am, what I am. What a journey, you know. Yeah, to, wow. To I'm trying to imagine who you were. And, and I got a little glimpse into it when you posted that uh, your high school yearbook photo. <laughs> uh, for, for those of you, the few people listening who don't follow Leslie, you, you really should. But um, a couple of days ago, there was a video where you showed your high school yearbook picture. And you looked like such a little stoner. And you you were like, I, I think I was, I had just smoked a doobie or something right before that picture was taken. They go, were you a little stoner? That that real cute boy, I can't remember his name, asked me, because what I would do, 
you would you would smoke and then they'd want to do a shotgun i pretend like they were kissing oh. me uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> so that was tec- uh-huh that was technically your first gay experience gosh oh no i'm listen i'm not asking you what was i just wonder if that was close enough at the time oh i knew i knew i told my mother at 11 or 12. oh wow and i didn't even really know what sex was yeah um, yeah but i you know i knew something was up yeah. my dad was a lieutenant colonel in the army wow and my yes. dad was a man's man and you know and then wow. he was killed in a plane crash when i was 11. yeah so there was a I... lot of horrible time for a boy to lose his dad but i also oh, yeah. felt for a really long time he may have been disappointed in me because i wasn't oh. good at sports and my mom has told me so many stories that oh. honey he had you know he he was a he was a man with a with a son who was twirling a baton in the front yard yeah in 65 yeah. you know but yeah he was an amazing father Oh, and um, did you have other brothers, Leslie? You mentioned two sisters. That's it, just us. Oh. Daddy bought me a bride doll when I was three. He told mother oh. what, and I, I wanted it. I wanted a bride doll. And Christmas Eve, I asked for it, and mother went to my dad, and she said, you're going to explain it to him? Oh. And the door shut. She heard it. 1958, he scoured Chattanooga, Tennessee, and he found me the most beautiful bride doll. It was life size to a three year old. Oh, and mother said when I came you. down and saw it, I squatted in the floor and peed. I just uh. peed. <laughs> you were so excited you peed. I peed in the floor. <laughs> so that's so Leslie, that's when you were three. So he must have known something was up as well. I think I don't think they even equated it, you know. Yeah. You just had a kid that liked to play with dolls and maybe it's a face or you know, I don't know. Yeah. But but did he ever express? Because then they put said... me they put me in um, camp, like mm-hmm. the the camp for boys, just to make sure. Like and Boy Scouts. Some kind of it was the Baylor our school our local school the Baylor uh, camp for boys, and uh-huh. on a awards day they were sitting there and they were passing out all the awards. They said, "Here's to the best, you know, archer. Here's to the best." Um, you know, softball player. Mom said my kind of sunk and sunk. They got to, they finally, they brought it, not ribbons, a trophy. And they said, and now we're going to give to the best all around camper. And this boy, oh my gosh, made us laugh. And I won the best all around camper. Oh, oh, oh. So I think dad... that alleviated, if, you know. Yeah, he must have. But so he must have been proud of you. I mean, he must have been proud of things Mother's like that. And up like that. That's my boy. Yeah, that. Yeah, best all around camp. Ah, and and Leslie was he? You say he was like a real man's man, but was he a large person? No, was he a t- very small, five four maybe. Oh and, wow! But he he was in any sport that he couldn't play, he would manage it, or you know. Mm-hmm. So he loved sports. He did. He and tried is there? To, he would try to tell me. He took me to my first football game and he said, now, son, this is the offense, right? And you see, this is the defense. And I said, um, when did the majorettes come out? Because that was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, son, son, just focus with me. Uh, was there, did any of that, uh, is there any semblance of that in you that you find yourself watching sports and never. think, oh, I d- <laughs> never. Okay. <laughs> that, was a, that was a layup question. 
what? And do you? So you still have strong memories of him, Leslie? Oh, very. Ah, uh, wow. Very. Wow. Wow. And and my you... uh, my mom loves to talk, you know, about him and make sure that we kept his memory yeah. alive. So did she ever get remarried? Your mom? She did. Yeah. We don't talk about that. Oh, okay. okay. He was a good man. He was just uh, had a lot of money. Uh huh. So all of a sudden, you know, we were thrown. He knew and how to monetize things. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. But uh, anyway, he uh, we don't talk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Say no more. Uh, and she and she's down the street. She's ten minutes away. Uh-huh. How often are you able to see her? Are you going over to visit at all uh, Every from a safe day. distance? About one, oh. one o'clock. I'm going stir crazy here, and oh. I go over and I'll take uh, food. You know, I'm trying to support. It's funny they tell you stay in, stay in, but support yeah. restaurants. Stay in, stay in. But there's yeah. so many of our local restaurants that are doing takeout and barely getting by. Oh. We, we should have mention the rib some. and loin barbecue, which is the best barbecue in the South. So I'll go up there and get them sandwiches and things. The best barbecue. If you're ever in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Rib and loin, folks, Chattanooga area listeners. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, who else do you follow on, on Instagram, Leslie, that people might not know? Like like a you a couple months ago. You know, who's fun to follow that, that uh, other people should follow? Well, I follow my my best friend. Her name is Caprice Crane. Cr- She's Caprice fun. Crane. Okay. Her mother okay. was Tina Louise. You oh, remember Gilligan's God. Island? Yes. Well, I used to eat at the um, uh, griddle on Santa Monica. Uh, oh, I love Sunset the griddle. Yes. And I was yes. there. This beautiful woman come in there and eat. Beautiful, beautiful. And I would talk. And then she said to me one day, my mom's in town. I'd love for you to meet her. And then walk Ginger from Gilligan's Oh, Island. my God. And they, and they is that Bob Crane? She still looks fabulous. Her daughter's name is Caprice Crane, and she's she's very clever. I was in her Listen, wedding. That, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's not Bob Crane's no. daughter. No, no her no. dad okay. was Les Crane, oh, who oh. I also had a connection with, because he did the – there was a poem, a hippie poem, called the Desiderata. Uh-huh. Walk placidly amidst the haste. And he was a San Francisco DJ who recorded uh-huh. with music back in the hippie days. You know, oh, you, cool. Oh, yeah. Walk placidly amidst the haste. And one day she was uh-huh. talking about her dad, and I said, I thought maybe Bob Craig. She said, No, Les uh-huh. Crane. But uh-huh. Same as your name, Leslie. And I said, Who recorded the Desiderata? <laughs> she said, Yeah, that's my dad. Wow. Wow. You know, Leslie, I'm thinking about your name now. It's interesting that you say you, you, your dad was a real man's man and probably wanted, you thought, wanted a son that was maybe more into stereotypical straight boy things. But it's interesting they gave you the name Leslie. And it was his idea and mother has no idea where it came from. Really? I mean, we think maybe, you know, the actor from Gone with the Wind. Um, we don't know. He came in and said they had decided on Brett, I think, B-R-E-T-T which was also not very well. And he came in and said, I want to name him Leslie. And I have his middle name, Leslie Allen. And um, he's uh-huh. Allen. <clears throat> he was Allen. And um, Interesting. But you know what I have gotten from my dad is my sense of humor. My dad yeah. never met a stranger, and he was the funniest man on the planet. Oh, wow. 
He's so funny. My mother is beautiful. She's like, she's the prettiest. When I was little, I thought she was a fairy princess. They would talk about fairy princess. I think, oh, that's my mama. But she said that she was lying on her towel up by the lake and a a wooden crisp craft boat pulled up, which was beautiful. And my dad was on the boat and my mother leaned over to her girlfriend and said, that's the boy I'm going to marry. She was 19. Wow. He jumped off the boat and he told his buddy, look, see that girl? That's the girl I'm going to marry. And he walked over and tried to be funny. He said, you're a real girly girl, aren't you? You probably (laughs) sleep under one of those, uh, what are they called? And my mother said, the canopy, because she's very bashful. Uh And daddy (laughs) said, oh, no, no, that's under the bed. Canopy. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. But she didn't get it. Well, Leslie, you are such a nice combination of both of those elements. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. For all the shorties that want voluminous, fanned out lashes, this ad is for you. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara creates corner-to-corner panoramic lash volume. Their tapered brush catches every single lash, even those pesky corner lashes. You know who you are, corner lashes. With the Panorama Mascara, you'll easily achieve that effortless, false lashes look. It's one of Christian's favorite looks. Plus, it lasts up to 24 hours and is clump and flake resistant. And just when you thought it couldn't get better, it does. The Panorama Mascara is a lot more affordable than other Lux mascaras. And honestly, it probably does a better job. It's affordable, but it's deceptive because it comes in a premium gold luxe packaging. So if you want a mascara that can do it all, volumize, lengthen, and stay put all day, you can buy the Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. Their matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. That's probably why 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com long. Just go to Indeed.com long right now and support the show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com long. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, hello again. Shaboom and up we'll meet again. I know you have to go, right? Um, you got to go. I just have some quick questions okay. I'd love to ask. Um, well, last one from Drew. She says, if you could meet anyone that would make him weak in the knees, who would it be? Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. I tried to meet Dolly. She's from my part of the country. Oh, yes. When I was at the University of Tennessee, I would drive up to uh, Pigeon Forge long before she was Dolly the movie star. She uh-huh. was, uh, what's a country girl without a haystack? And she uh-huh. had she pushed dust towels or something. 
and she would perform at the high school auditorium and I would go up there all by myself and cry. She'd sing Jolene. Uh, and oh, then I, I tried to meet her. There's several times. And then there was a friend of mine that was going to write a sitcom for her. She had an idea called Heavens to Betsy. This is a million years ago before Touched by an Angel. She wanted to be Heavens to Betsy and she wanted to be Betsy. And she told my friend, she said, uh, there's this tiny little man that I saw on Murphy Brown. <laughs> and my friend said, Dolly, that's Leslie Jordan. He is your biggest fan. She said, honey, I'm his biggest fan. Oh, my God. We've never met. Oh, no. We've never yeah. met. Leslie, if I can do anything, I pray to God this is somehow, <laughs> this, is, this will be the catalyst for you two meeting. To meet um, Dolly. Oh, that'd be great. I would love for that for both of you. Um, I'm surprised you haven't now because you Over both love Over the years, I went to the Hollywood Bowl. I was supposed to meet her. And then she was on Jay Leno and got stuck in traffic. She won't do uh, her meet and greets afterwards. You uh, know, and uh, so uh, I went, I went all the way to Dollywood for, uh -huh. I gave uh, some money for her imagination library. Her daddy never learned to write. Till the day wow. he died, he did an X. So she started a library and kids get a book a month. It's called the Imagination wow. Library. And it, um, she shows up at Dollywood once a year. And I went up there. I went all the way. And uh -huh. I knew she wasn't there. I could tell by her handlers. And that there was a dinner for all the donors. I knew. Uh -huh. I said, she's not here. And all of a sudden, on the screen, she said, for the first time in nine years, I'm stuck in Los Angeles. Oh, that's where I was. <laughs> That's where you were. <laughs> I came oh. here to see you. Oh, it's oh, it's gonna make it that much sweeter that when the two of you. I've met her whole your... family. She probably thinks I'm a stalker. <laughs> I've met her whole family. You've met the family. I've met all her. Her sister Fredo. She was the baby with the twin. Uh -huh. Has a daughter named Jana that sings at Opryland and does all the big uh -huh. numbers. And, oh my and, god! Um, I went and got to go afterwards to meet her. And, and oh she said, well, you know, this is Dolly's oldest brother and this one and this, they all work there at Dolly Land, Dollywood. Oh, really? Oh God, I love that. Um, uh, the, I know you have to go see your mom. These are quick questions, just okay. a lightning round. Oh God. Okay, uh, other than making amazing videos, what, what, well, we've talked about what you're doing during quarantine. You seem to be keeping very busy. You know what I do? I get up every morning, take a shower and I put on my shoes. There's something about that. I have to put I, on my shoes, put on my, th and then I figure, well, what am I going to do? Well, I'll sit here and read the paper, but I have got to get up. And I also have a rule. I don't put my pajamas on until eight o'clock. Oh, it's uh, hard. That's smart. Yeah. You know, I yeah. with mother about five. I think I just want to, I thought, no, I'm not. I'm going to sit uh -huh. here and I sit with my shoes on. And what inspired, when, when do you get inspired to make a video, Leslie? Is it just when something comes into your something mind and you think? It comes in yeah. my head. If yeah, I pre-think well, it or script it, it's awful, awful, yeah, which doesn't speak yeah. well of, you know, me on a script this fall was right. Call Me Cat, my brand new television series. Yeah, uh, yes. You know, I have a big series. Yes. When is that coming out? Well, Leslie? we haven't even shot it yet. We were going to do a pilot and then it's an order. With Mayim Bialik. It's Mayim Bialik and Cheyenne Jackson, Kyla Pratt and Swoosie Kurtz. Oh, God. <laughs> I almost and said Swoosie who? It takes place in Louisville, Kentucky, and Swoosie is fancy. She goes to uh -huh. the races with hats on, and she wants her daughter to get married. Her daughter's uh -huh. 38 years old, and that's Mayim. Well, Mayim takes her dowry, and in spite her mother, who's allergic to cats, she buys a cat cafe. And <laughs> I wrangle the pussy. 
<laughs> that must have been a first. Oh, that's like a Paul Lynn line. <laughs> it just has hit written all over. So we'll yeah, see. You oh, never know. I can't wait. Um, and, and the producers and the people who got you involved must be extra excited about your newfound. Darlene Hunt that created it with Maya and wrote it. She's just brilliant. Yeah. Just it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Leslie, what's your most commonly used emoji, would you say, when you're texting? I don't use them. Okay. Probably that that one with two hearts on the eyes. Uh huh. Yes. 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 Uh, if you could be, I think I know the answer to this. If you could be a professional athlete, what sport would you play? Wrestling. <laughs> okay. 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 That's amazing. Perfect. If that's you could have one, one, on one. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, if you could have one snack food for the rest of your life, what would it be? What What snack food can you not live without? Cracker Jacks. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. What's your favorite movie of all time? My favorite movie of all time is called Entertaining Mr. Sloan. Nobody's oh, heard of it. It's from a no. Joe Orton play about this husband and wife. It's from the 60s and it stars Beryl Reed. And I scream all the way through it. And it's not completely a comedy. Uh. It's about <laughs> Mr. Sloan is this young hustler. It was very ahead of its time. Young bisexual hustler that shows up the sister's after him and she's aged and the brother is very is after him too but he's of the military sort and and then there's the anyway if you oh, want I gotta scream see. entertaining mr slum by joe entertaining Orton. mr joe it sounds very like lanford wilson or, or like oh, tennessee williams yeah um <laughs> if you could live somewhere else anywhere else besides chattanooga and la where where would it be Probably, um, I love uh, Middleburg, Virginia, because it's horse oh. country. I think okay. I'll end up buying a little pony farm there. Uh. I grew up with ponies. <laughs> Did you? Really? I had a show pony named Lemon Draw. My uh -huh. friends always say, well, of course you did. Yeah, well, that makes of course, sense. Of course yes. you had a show pony named Lemon Draw. Yeah, that's a, that's a butch uh, name and animal to own. Um, if, if, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, whom you've never met. Uh-huh. Dolly Truman, Parton, uh -huh. a Bat Medler, uh -huh. <laughs> and Carol Burnett. Okay. okay. <laughs> that makes sense. And they'd all get along, too. I would they love would. to be there. Oh, would I be a f I'd, I'd serve you guys. I would happily <laughs> serve you all. Um, who's your favorite Muppet, would you say? Of the, the Muppets? Muppets? Yeah. That wasn't my generation, probably. I yeah. don't even know. Gen okay. Muppets. I don't know Muppets. Okay. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, To... Stop pain, maybe. Boom. That's nice. Don't have any pain. Uh, if you could be one age for the rest of your life, physically, uh, an age that you just think, ah, I'd love to get back there. I think 65, which I'll be Great. next week. Good for you. Oh, next week? Yeah, April oh, 29th. Oh. I'm going to oh. wind up this little publicity tour on Rachel Ray. Oh, nice. Yeah, you've been doing a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, on The View. A uh, lot. So fun to yes. Like, and you've been doing it all from the, this rented yeah, condo. right here. Isn't that great? Right now I got uh, TMZ next week, ET. Oh, I don't know what all. Which Golden Girl do you identify with the most? Uh, Doris Blanche. Blanche. Rue, Blanche. who I knew. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. I toured with Rue. A lot of people don't know. She lost a lot of her money with, I think, Bernie Madhoff. She was oh. 73 years old and had to go back to work. And so oh, we hit wow. the road and she couldn't stand up because she had bad back problems. So we did sit-down comedy and I'd wheel her out. And, uh, oh 
and then I would do, I would, uh, I would finish. She would do 45 and I'd do 45. Oh my God. You know, Leslie, I'm surprised you've never played Truman Capote in something. You know, I did it. It was, uh, it's a long story. I'll, I'll do it short. Yeah. They hired me about two years ago to do, uh, Warhol Capote. And it was huh. a play by uh, Rob Ross about the two of them sitting, talking. They were mm. very good friends. When Truman, when, when Andy Warhol died, they found 68 tapes that said Truman. And Andy Warhol had recorded every word. They were friends wow. since um, uh, Truman came to New York to stalk Andy. He wanted to uh, illustrate. No, wow. no, the opposite. Andy oh, oh. came to New York to stalk Truman because he wanted to illustrate other voices, other rooms. And wow. I am um, Truman was Andy's Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I we we rehearsed, we went to um to Boston, to Harvard. It was headed to Broadway. We rehearsed at oh, the American wow. Repertory Theater. Oh wow. And what happened was Truman, I had sixty, I had I don't know, 34 pages of dialogue. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Wow. A week into, a week into, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because Truman spoke in a certain dialect. Truman, and here's the thing, Truman wasn't funny and he uh, wasn't a nice person. He was a vicious, huh. horrid person. Uh, huh. and, that, and that, anyway, I couldn't be funny. They, they had a dialogue coach and I, I didn't have breakdown, but I was like, finally, I just told him, I said, I can't do, I, this is not in me. What is, it's the so, hardest wait, 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 thing as an actor I've ever done. And they hired, um, uh, oh, what's his name to do it? My friend. I can't remember anything. Was, it, wait, Leslie, it was, was it the voice? Was part of it? Was it the voice? It, what, what, what kind of? It, and it was, I couldn't do it. It's like yeah, not exactly yeah. a lift. No, it's, it was. It's a Yes. Say, so you should do it. Yes, I should have done it. You, you know. <laughs> Was it like this? <laughs> it was a bit like this. Um, you should do it uh, when Max can be, Max Greenfield can be Warhol. Max can be Warhol. <laughs> well, you know what I'm really itching to do now, Leslie, now that you mentioned Dolly Parton, is we have to have a night with Tess, Max, and, and, and you, where we go sing karaoke. We got to go to a karaoke bar. Oh, my God. Um, that's my fantasy now. Um, really quickly, uh, the, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones do you prefer? The Rolling Stones. Okay, dogs one. are day one. Dogs or cats? Uh, dogs. And uh, this is—I never know how to end with this, but um, are, 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 do you still identify as a Baptist? Do you still have any religious leanings? You know, I wrote. It's so funny. I wrote a book about it called "My Trip Down the Pink Carpet," about which was uh -huh. supposed to be funny stories about Hollywood, and it became, in many ways, my spiritual journey. And huh. it's so I wrote it so long ago that when I go back and we don't write a book about your spiritual journey because uh -huh. <laughs> it's evolving and it changes so much. Yes. And I, yeah. I, back then I had heard Carrie Fisher say this and I loved it. She said, I am a very enthusiastic agnostic who would huh. love nothing better than to be proven wrong. Uh, but as I it agree. stands. And so that I that agree. was my feeling because, and of course, my mother's just horrified because I was raised in such a loving Baptist home, mm -hmm. and they have very strong beliefs about how you get to heaven and this and that. 
But anyway, I have to say I'm I'm I'm, I'm with Carrie. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. with Carrie. But see, Fingers you know what crossed. I found out though? It's in the seeking that you can find faith. You just keep an open heart, and as you, wow. You know, so I, I'll go to church. I'll go to temple. I'll go anywhere you want to take me. Uh-huh. And I'll take, <laughs> you know, I'll take away what I, it's like a buffet, you know. Oh, uh-huh. wow. I can really use that in my yeah. life. Yes. That under the pew in front. That I'm yeah. going to leave. That I'm leaving. Exactly. But this I can okay. take. Well, Leslie, if you were, if you were part of that spiritual buffet, I, 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 you've been a stop on that buffet that so many people are enjoying right now. And, and you're giving so much pleasure and, and warmth to a lot of people, myself included. So I, I thank you for that. On, on behalf of so, on behalf of 3.5 million women. Thank you. I, I, and Justin Long. <laughs> yes. Oh, and Jason uh, Kennedy. You. Do you know Jason J- Kennedy? No. He's, a, he's my next one. He's some kind of E entertainment guy. Who's, okay. I told him, I said, you're just too pretty to be straight. You're too pretty. Okay. Pretty boy, you're too pretty. <laughs> well, like Cheyenne, you're working with Cheyenne Jackson. He's one of the prettiest ones. He's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> He's gay as me, though. He really that, is. Oh, yeah. He's com- his gayness is comparable to yours. Yes. Yeah. I find that hard to believe. You hadn't got him alone when he's chatting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him to do his character, Troy, which I swear is based on me. Because Troy oh. is like this great, Great big good looking boy with a baseball cap on backwards, but he opens uh-huh. his mouth and fifty yards of purple chiffon comes out. <laughs> he has a great well, you know, character named Troy. You should have him. Well, I should. Well, I I really like Cheyenne. The other day I was doing this little cooking uh, video. I've, I've been cooking a lot at home, and um, I just found myself going like this, and then I put in the oregano, <laughs> and I'm going to add a little olive oil, but not too much. That's Troy. And I was like, what? Is that Troy? That's Troy. Um, well, I love that character. You should do a cooking show with you like that in Troy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope you would watch, honey. And you promote it on you promote it on your IG. Um Well, Leslie, thank you. I can't thank you enough. This okay, was a, a real treat. Listen, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. I'll see you, see you on Instagram. Okay, for sure. Okay, buddy. Uh, I'm still here. Don't talk about me. Oh, God. oh, no, I was about to say something nice. Uh, so great. Um, How do we turn it off? Me- <laughs> this might be the best part, Leslie. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. So, so that, that happened. happened. Oh, that did happen, and I am just tickled to pieces that it did. <laughs> How's that? You know, I must say, I admire your restraint uh, during that you. interview. Thank you. I there were a few times where I had like a little out of body experience, and I realized I wasn't. I was tempted. I of course had the temptation to to do it to do his voice. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Christian's talking about my uh, my penchant for. Imitating people to their face, um, which which sounds mean, but it's actually uh, I I think the, it's, it's just motivated. a disorder you have. <laughs> it's motivated. I think it's motivated more by affection. Um, when I'm watching a movie, or if there's a, someone with an accent, I, I have to repeat 
what they're saying in that voice. So I did not do it with Leslie, but it, part of it too was. Uh, no, you did it a oh, little bit. Oh. Yeah, just not that much. Oh, okay. Just not nearly as much oh. as I thought you would. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's it's difficult for me, and especially with somebody like that, because he, I love his his he has, doesn't he have a, just one of the I, best I voices could, ever. You know, people use this expression a little too much too. I think myself included, but I could really listen to him reading the phone book. Uh, yeah, and enjoy it. Yeah. It's hard to imagine a a more pleasing, fun voice to listen to. Oh, my. Albert Abrahamson, 1492 Cherry Hill Terrace. (laughs) Which which partially, (laughs) certainly partially explains his rise to fame on Instagram. Absolutely. But it's not only partially, I would say. No, no. Because the content is, is very funny, too. But I wonder about Leslie and about our friend Kent, whom we mentioned earlier, how... Just have the level of awareness they have for how unique they are and and where their charm, uh, how where their charm resides. You know? Right. I don't know. I don't know. He's there. There seems to be an innocence about him. Yes. There's a there's a cherubic. Like when, when you t- uh, well about both of them, but about Leslie, because um, when you talk to him about uh, monetizing this yeah. this newfound fame he has. And I just learned I that be- word. Yeah, I believed him when yeah. when he implied that he didn't set out to, yeah, oh, absolutely. you know, get rich off this Instagram a- fame. Absolutely. It, the whole thing struck him as, um, and I also believe this, that a huge surprise and like a welcome one. I think he's having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that he was honest about it. And that's part of what makes him so entertaining is his honesty. He's just... Mm-hmm. He tells these great stories, but he doesn't have much of a filter, and I think people have been really responding to that. Well, that's also the sober thing. You know, yep. I've noticed on uh-huh. the show a lot of – we've had a bunch of guests now who are sober and who have gone through a process mm-hmm. to get sober, and there's a there's a commonality among all of them I've noticed. Yes. You know, there's, there's a kind of thoughtful – wisdom and honesty and openness about them. I think that's a huge Because they've of done the... a lot of work on themselves. Right. And I can tell that he's done a lot of work on himself and that he's struggled. And so much of that work involves opening up mm-hmm. and sharing with others, oftentimes with strangers, which right. is exactly what he's doing on Instagram. And, and his struggle specifically is so complex, I think, being uh, a flamboyant gay yes. kid from in, in a this, very conservative mm, area southern baptist southern baptist um yeah. he claims he 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 talked about having a very macho father but the father sounded you know it's hard to tell but sounded, somewhat supportive yeah, that he bought him yeah. a doll when he was a kid but uh, but the only thing that matters is uh Leslie was scared of what you know he would think mm-hmm, of him so mm-hmm. so from his perspective his father wasn't necessarily accepting yeah. of who he was. So, but again, what like a com- complicated life he's had. But looking at it through the prism of like history, you know, that's rel- like you said, relatively the father was probably far more accepting uh, and open. But who, sounded he like it. But sounded who knows? Like, who knows? Uh, and ma- I our did. mom encouraged it. She, I remember her buying me a Cabbage Patch Kid doll, yeah. and I remember you guys kind of teasing me about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's we shouldn't have done that. That was uh, <laughs> we were kids in the '80s, um, and there were very specific gender norms that that, that we grew up with. But um, our mother encouraged it, I think, in part because she wanted a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in retrospect, I, I feel like I'm ashamed of my behavior as a kid because 
who now of course we live in such a different time a much more open time but like who cares if you know boys are yeah well you shouldn't dwell on oh that i did much. many other things as a kid <laughs> that i <laughs> i'm ashamed of um but yeah, you were really into that. That you were into Annie and Superman three. We've talked about that on the show. Those were the two movies that you watched obsessively. That is a fact. Yeah, uh, I did not know he was that short, Leslie Jordan, four <laughs> eleven. And we were that was t- funny. He goes, "I'm four eleven," and you go, <laughs> "Now." <laughs> and he had, he's had a great line. He said, "Yeah, I'm like a beach ball with arms." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he has great lines. So funny. He's, uh, he God, should, he's funny. Yeah, uh, he's so funny. He's so, yeah, he should write something. Um, I mean, he does. That's what he does yeah. in his videos. <laughs> so he's doing fine. Uh, you mentioned Grillo's pickles again. Yeah. Uh, and now you're mentioning it again. Well, I'm hoping to get more pickles. Oh. <laughs> Not an ad. He but said an ad. with his hand on his own pickle. Uh, <laughs> on my hips. Yeah, okay. Um, um, Grillo's. I would love you know, Leslie. Speaking of monetizing, Leslie's monetizing adventure. He'd be able to monetize. I mean, in he, a, he could sell. He could sell me anything. So many <laughs> things right now. Yeah, he could become a billionaire advertising things. He could sell a. He could sell sand to a nomad in a desert. You asked him what sport. <laughs> you asked him what sport he would play, and he said wrestling one on one. Oh, wrestling, wrestling one on one. There's something cheeky about uh, gay men of that age. Go, go with me on this. There must – well, I really hope this isn't offensive. But there must be a sense of real liberation when it comes to being uh, open about their sexuality and being able to express their sexuality. You know, uh, it, Although with Leslie, it do- doesn't sound like he stayed in the closet for that long. But I do know – Men of that age right. who are either one way or the other, either mm-hmm. lean into the sexual innuendos or whatever, or they avoid it because mm-hmm. that's just how they they were for so many years. Yeah, we probably also should have mentioned earlier that what he's what people maybe most know him from is Will and Grace. That's true. That's, that's I think I, how I know him. Yeah, but I had seen him in so many other things. He there was another actor, a couple actors. One that comes to mind, Tim. I can't say his last name. He's a Polish last name. He was in Police Academy. Um, very short. There were certain like short characters. They would stand out because they were short and um, and they had unique voices. And uh, and he was always that guy. I would always notice him. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you he, know, yeah. He won an Emmy. I just want to get this in. Oh. He won an Emmy Award for that performance in Will and Grace, too. Oh, wow. I probably should have mentioned that. I should have. I did not know that. That's, wow. Uh, he's an incredible actor too. He's a very believable, mm-hmm. funny actor. Um, anyway, he yeah, he's just been making me so happy the last couple of weeks. So his uh, his dinner, uh, Dolly Parton, uh, <laughs> yes. Dolly Parton, Bette Midler, Carol Burnett, and him. <laughs> oh, is, how badly do you want to go to that? Uh, oh I don't God. want to go to it uh-huh. because I would be really nervous and Why? in over my head. I couldn't. I I would feel like. Because I'm the fifth person at this dinner party, I would feel the need to contribute uh, uh-huh, something, uh-huh. and I and I know I really couldn't. Yeah, so the whole time could. I would They'd be, I would try to be thinking of something to uh-huh. say, something and to sassy, add. and like. But I would want to eavesdrop on it. Yeah, it would be. You're right. You're right. Just so socially, it'd be intimidating because imagine the, the pearls that would be coming out of oh all their mouths. And I, don't you find it odd that he hasn't met Dolly Parton? If Dolly Dolly Parton is aware of him, likes him, he's made. He's gone to such lengths to try to meet her. That is weird. And especially now with social media, you'd think the two of them would have hooked up on on 
Instagram or something. I know. He was also very excited when you told him that Drew was following him on Instagram. Oh, was he? I couldn't tell. Oh, my God. He was like, what? Uh Oh, my. Uh He is? Yeah. Well, Drew, we should mention, is Kent. That's how we know Kent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should have maybe. Why say that? Uh, But, yeah. (laughs) she's And and so Drew has a a real fondness um, for people like Leslie and and, – she yeah, uh, maybe my favorite part of the whole interview was who when, doesn't I mean was when you asked him uh, which golden girl he identifies with and you were oh, about yes. to list them yes I, and yes. he just goes Blanche yeah. <laughs> really funny <laughs> yes yeah there's a joke that we love it's like he's been asked that question every day for the last <laughs> thirty years <laughs> yes yeah there yeah he was so ready and of course friends with Rue I knew Rue mm-hmm. Rue and I were friends of course I mean. Uh, let's read a letter. Okay, great. This is from Catherine. Subject is so important. Dear Justin and Christian, every night during this crisis, I fall into bed and hope to find one of your quarantine updates. Ah, oh, it's so nice. If there's, if there isn't a new one, I just re-listen to the Max Greenfield episode. Oh, yeah, we've been talking about Max. He's the best. By the way, hit, speaking of funny Instagram videos, stuff with Lily, his daughter, it's so good. Uh, I'm sure you all... Are aware? If not, check it out on Instagram. Here, sorry, back to the letter. Here's my situation during this crisis. I work for a nonprofit that operates five buildings of affordable housing for low-income seniors. As such, we are in essential service and don't have the option to self-isolate. Wow. For the last six weeks, my days have been filled with calming my staff and motivating them to continue sanitizing every inch of our buildings, wear protective gear, deliver meals, and not freak out as we take their temperatures before every shift. Oh, my God. I am also constantly communicating with 500-plus residents about the importance of staying in their apartments. God. But they are lonely and pretty stubborn. Yeah. Mm. Each day I feel like I am willing the virus away from our buildings, and it is and it is exhausting. As of this moment, we have had no cases, but I continue to just hold my breath. I have a good cry on my drive home, stress eat, and then go to bed. I cannot tell you how much hearing you and Christian helps me decompress. I love your banter and dry humor. When you hung up on Jerry during his exit sacks, I laughed out loud. And then I realized it had been a long time since I had laughed out loud. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing your part during these scary weeks. Catherine, that is very, very kind and uh, very nice. And I'm, you know, we keep talking about this, but... um, I, I keep having these real p- profound moments of gratitude, and uh, I just had a wave of one because I momentarily put myself in, in your shoes, uh, very momentarily, and, and I'm so sorry you're going through that, uh, and it just makes me feel so lucky and grateful to people like you. Uh, God, I can't imagine. Crazy. And and. and Grateful too that this dumb thing that we're doing is any comfort. It's scary these old I know. old folks' homes. I know, I know they're the one closest to where we grew up, mm-hmm. not far from where we are now, is is uh, experiencing a pretty big outbreak there, mm-hmm. and um, a few people have died, and a bunch of others are sick. And my friend's grandmother lives there, so it's all very scary, and um, it's it's really brave and noble of you to be doing what you're doing to help them. Yeah, so thank you, Catherine, and everyone like Catherine, and even people who are just staying home. I mean, I I, I know it doesn't seem like much, but I think uh, for the greater good, it is going to have, uh, it's going to help people like Catherine get through this a lot uh, more quickly. And if you guys would like to write in, we love hearing from you. 
And we can be reached at... Lifeisshort at Wondery.com. So please write in. And thank you to our uh, wonderful, just hilarious... The- Lovable, gem. lovable. Gem of a person. Gem of a person. Yeah, one of the, just one of the best. And I like his positivity and optimism about this pandemic being over. He he mentioned that when this is over, he thinks that people are going to come together with more kindness. And he thinks the world is going to be a better place. And I, I know sometimes too, yeah. it's it's hard to see that right yeah. now. But um, I really appreciated that optimism. Sometimes it's nice to hear that because it's, like I said, it's very easy to um, lose sight of it. Yeah, that it's. The the effect that it's had um, is that of a resetting almost, not just on, I know people talked about the environmental effects that it's had, but just on our own sociological environment. You know, I, I've noticed, and I hope this lasts, I hope we c- carry this on past the, the, um, the uh, during the, the post-COVID time, but I've noticed that people have been saying, uh, acknowledging one another more. I found myself doing it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, talking more to strangers and, you know, from a distance. Uh, well, not to be Debbie Downer, but the flip side of that, and the, I think the danger of that is because we're being um, conditioned now to isolate with our tribes, mm-hmm. wh- whoever oh, those yeah. people may be. Um, my fear is that it's going to create this sense of tribalism where everyone else is like the other and is unclean and. Because there's there's yeah. a real strong yeah. metaphor. Oh, um, thanks. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but but let's uh, let's go with Leslie's it, it, version of it because yeah. that's the one I prefer. Oh man. So uh, thanks to Leslie and and, and th- I want to just thank him too for for spreading joy during this time. Uh, Instagram's been uh, to a fault. Sometimes I'm on it too often, but it's it's been a source of joy and comfort. And and uh, Leslie's been a big part of that. So. Uh, thank you to Leslie and to Catherine and everyone writing in. And everyone I, listening. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate. That's true. We wouldn't be doing this. We appreciate for you. your ears. Yeah, that's right. Uh, life is, sh- that's it, right? Yeah. And we'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll check in in a couple days with another quarantine episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream. Life is Short is hosted by me, Justin Long. It's produced by you, Christian Long, and Megan Monaco. Senior producer is Michelle Mish. Lance. Audio engineer is Sergio Enriquez. Executive producers are Marshall Louis and Hernan Lopez for Wondery. Bye. The fact that he's able to improvise the song means that he has a, a right. clever brain. Of course, it's ridiculous. He's rhyming words you know off the top if, of his head. If he sang a song as the character with no brain. <laughs> and it just and it didn't rhyme. Terrible. It didn't rhyme. It like barely made sense. And it, there was no melody to it. She's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, I would put sticks together in a shape. Bad luck. He's so funny. And then like... The Tin Man, like, laughs at, like, a little, like, po- kid, like, like poor kid getting robbed. Yeah, he has no heart. Is, he, like, really yes, no heart. Yes. <laughs> and the cowardly line was literally, like, just shitting all the time. The cowardly line is cowardly. It's the one that... Yeah. Is, yeah. Doesn't this guy look like a bachelor? The, the Turner Classic movie? Yeah, he looks like, um... Joe. Uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah, yeah, grocery uh, store yeah. Joe. Oh, God. 
Oh, I wish that weren't in my brain. Speaking of wanting a bigger brain, <laughs> taking up limited resources in there. Grocery store Joe. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Life is Short ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hey, you. It's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, well, JJ, JJ, why are, yeah. you, why are you whispering? Well, it, there's, there's a pst in the, in, the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span our mystery... We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests... All right, here we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life, and if you're yeah, a wondering fan, then you're going to... Yeah. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen yeah. to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. 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 